This is the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Podcast. Here at Peter Creek, we honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged with this week's message from Pastor Kelly Baldridge. First, the question, what is family worship or private devotion? Uh, First, it is not a substitute for attending worship with God's people on the Lord's Day and the other opportunities that the church provides, like Bible study or an evening worship service. It is a time devoted to the Lord each day. Some of you are already practicing some aspects of this as you take time to pray and read your Bibles. This should be commended. Yet, many of us have failed to connect that with the relationship with those in our homes. Now, why is it important to have family worship or private devotion? Joel Beakey has made an important comment. He says, As goes the home, so goes the church, so goes the nation. Family worship is a decisive factor in how the home goes. And so... As we have seen many things in our country that upset us, that cause unrest, that have caused us to worry, that have caused us to lose trust, perhaps it is because we have not emphasized strong families who worship God together. It is not the church's job to teach your children about God. The church has the responsibility to equip you to teach your children as well as to reinforce what they are learning at home when they come together with God's people. It's one thing to buy an art decor from Hobby Lobby that has the last part of Joshua 24, 15 on it. Now, if I say it like that, perhaps you don't even know the verse. But you know the verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, it's one thing to have that art on your wall It's a whole nother thing to actually live it and to practice it. Now, you might be thinking most of our membership at Peter Creek is older. Kids are no longer at home, and some members live by themselves. Yes, that is true. Yet the principles for family worship should also be applied to personal devotion. And when this this season of sickness is over, I would encourage those who have bigger families at home to invite those who are single-person homes to join them from time to time in their homes for worship. In fact, Jody and I, uh, as she's sitting in the next room, will probably, um, and I'll probably get in trouble for this, but we will commit uh, to inviting those of you who live by yourselves to come and join us for family worship. We want you in our house uh, to, to serve you, to, to serve the Lord, to worship the Lord together. Now, friends, that is the church being the church. Uh, Now, as we continue, though, I want to talk about the biblical foundations for family worship. We need to understand that the biblical foundation for family worship takes root in our triune God, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The three persons of the Godhead are an example to us. God does not lack anything in himself. And, as it has been said, the fullness of light and love is eternally shared among the Father, Son, and Spirit. In John 17, Jesus prayed for us that we would be in union with one another as He and the Father are united. 
And so God didn't model himself after our earthly construct of the family. Do you understand that? Rather, the family is modeled after God himself. So the Lord Jesus is our example for private devotion. Though he was God in the flesh, he still made time to be alone with the Lord. He still spent time with his Father in prayer by the Spirit. And he gathered his disciples together in private for worship and instruction away from the crowds. Now, and Paul reminds us that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. We would do well to live by that verse. Now, if we return to the Joshua 24 passage, though, there is something to be gleaned from that verse along uh, with its context. In Joshua 24, 14 through 15, it says this, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, Joshua says, and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, Joshua first commanded worship to God. Uh, let me say it this way. This word serve, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him. And then again, verse 15, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, is a word that means worship. And oftentimes that word in the Old Testament is found as the word for worship. So the idea of service unto God is the idea of worship of God. And Joshua here in verse 14 commanded it. It wasn't optional. This is not something that you can choose to do. In other words, Joshua is saying, hey, this is a command for you. This is what you must be doing. It would be something each member of the people of God would have to take heed to do, just like it was then, it is so today. It is a command to fear the Lord. Notice, therefore, fear the Lord. And we understand from our series in Ecclesiastes that this fear of the Lord is a reverence for him. It is a worship of the Lord, reverently worshiping him. And this idea of worship is seen in the fact that Israel is told to put away the gods. Put away the gods that your father had served. Put away the gods that your father had worshiped. Now, why? It is the Lord's will that he would be worshipped by his people. Yet there is also a choice to do so. What God will your family serve? The word serve, again, is this idea of worship. So what God will your family worship? What God will your family honor? Now, as we worship God, we serve God. And as we serve God, we worship God. And though your family and you yourself are not being asked to choose God over the gods of the Egyptians or the gods of the Amorites. You are being asked to worship God over the gods of television, the God of social media, the God of sports, the God of money, the God of success, and a whole host of other things that we tend to prioritize over our Lord. Also, notice that Joshua is leading by example. As for me... Verse 1 of Joshua 24 speaks of Joshua's appeal to being those who are, as actually in verse 1, I'm sorry, uh, in Joshua 24, he appeals to the elders and to the leaders 
uh, into the heads of the households. And being one himself, he makes it clear who he and his house is worshiping. There's also an answer to an objection we might give when we think of leading in family worship or private devotion. You might say, well, I'm too old for this. Uh, preacher, now you're, 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 you're getting into a place where I don't need to do that anymore. I'm, I'm older. I don't need to do this. Well, you need to remember that when Joshua writes chapter 24, he is over 100 years old. And so when he makes this command and when he says, as for me in my house, this is a, a man who is plus 100 years old. He's already been on the smucker's jar. He is saying to these who are younger than him and to those who are his peers, he's saying, as for me and for my house, we will worship the Lord. So we understand the importance of family worship and private devotion. We understand why it is biblical to do so. But now, what does it look like? Well, it looks a lot like our Lord's Day morning gatherings at the church for worship. There, we pray the word, we sing the word, we read the word, we hear the word. And so, this is what you can do on your own with your families. Let's go through a few of the steps to orderly worship in the home. First, uh, and these are all practical applications for you to implement, especially in the time of COVID. I mean, this is a perfect time for you to implement private devotion and family worship in your house. Because, for one, you may not have anything else to do. Two, uh, you probably shouldn't go out as often as you once did. And three, uh, this is something that we need to be doing all the time anyway, because our Lord is worth it. First, um, here's a step. Pick a time and place and stick to it as close as possible. Perhaps you're having a hard time um, to, to do this, but you might want to pick a time based on each day's activities. Uh, you might know what your day holds. Sometimes you fly by the seat of your pants. But if you're like me, you need to set an alarm on your phone for a particular time each day, or you need to choose to do this at a meal uh, or whenever your, your spouse returns home or whatever you need to do, uh, pick a time and try to do it as closely to that time as you can. And wouldn't we all do better if we slowed down in our meals to consider the goodness of God and his blessings to us? You can move to the living room. You don't have to do it at a dinner table. You move to the living room or wherever you find uh, to be a good place uh, to worship, a place free of distraction so that you may worship the Lord. Find a place that is comfortable and free of distractions uh, and stick to it as best as you can. Second, gather materials for you and those who will join you. Uh, here's what you'll need. It's simple. A Bible. And more than one Bible. Actually, grab a Bible for everyone that's there. Uh, that way they can read the Word themselves. Uh, if they're younger children, they're not able to read, we understand uh, you, you're going to be helping them along. But we want them to see that what we're reading is from God's Word. It is God's Word. Uh, then also, I would encourage you to have hymnals or lyrics uh, ready so that they can sing a song that, that details the, the victory of the Lord, that details uh, the glory of God, that shows us uh, this richness of God 
and who he is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But have those things available. But then also gather an open mind and an open heart. Uh, come prepared. Come ready to worship. Just as we would expect you to come on the Lord's Day at Peter Creek Presbyterian Church. We expect you to come ready to worship God. And that begins, yes, perhaps even after service on Sunday morning, preparing for the next one, but especially on Saturday evening. But nonetheless, we want you to come to this occasion of family worship and private devotion with an open mind and open heart. Third, consider how you want your time of worship to be ordered. Go ahead and think about what you want this this worship service in your home to look like. Uh, as long as you include the elements of the Bible reading, prayer, and singing, you're good to go. I would suggest you design it around uh, those who will be joining you. If you're a couple without kids in the household, you might not want to sing hymns that are more geared for children. Uh, if you have little children in your house, you may not want to read uh, a whole chapter of the Bible at a time. You might want to read a few less verses. You might want to read half of a chapter. And I would suggest you pick a book, read a chapter at a time, and do so consecutively. In other words, the Bible is written in such a way that it is to be considered line by line and verse by verse. Rather than picking and choosing from here and there, uh, take a book of the Bible and read it from beginning to end. Uh, that way, uh, you're, you're seeing how everything is connected and you're having a good understanding of what the biblical author uh, means and is writing to us. Um, random readings can cause confusion or error in understanding. Fourth, the fourth step here. Include things that might help you understand the Bible better. So take time to memorize a verse. Um, maybe you find John 3.16 as a good verse to start with. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Uh, or maybe it's Romans 8.28. I'm just thinking of a couple verses that, that we all like to, to think about and to know. Uh, but maybe memorize uh, a whole chapter of the Bible together. Uh, not only Romans 8.28, but maybe memorizing all of Romans 8 would be super beneficial uh, for you and your household, whether you live alone or whether you're living with your spouse or whether you have children at home as well. Take time to memorize and to meditate upon the Word of God, and you will be surprised how it affects your day-to-day -day walk with Him. You might also include readings from a catechism or a creed or a confession of faith. Now, that may scare us, it may sound daunting, uh, but actually, those are all geared to just help us to grasp what the Bible principally teaches us. Uh, we go through the children's catechism with our youth, when we have youth, uh, and they are picking up on things so well and so quickly, and I'll be honest with you, um, don't be surprised that your children know those catechism questions better than you do, uh, and it's actually a great blessing to hear them answer those questions so quickly and to be energetic about it. But then think about this. If they memorize those questions as a child, as they grow older and they have questions that come up in college or they have questions that come up in high school or they have questions that come up in life, perhaps they'll remember those things that they learned at the table with you. Uh, and 
and look upon those things and consider uh, the beauty and glory of God. Uh, so this reminds us, too, when we use these readings, that we're not alone in the Christian faith, that we're not on an island, that this is not just for us, but we join with those Christians who have gone before us and those who will come after us. These confessions will um, more than likely be preserved through the test of the time, just like the Word of God, but they're not on the same level as the Word of God. In fact, if they ever go away from the Word, then we need to reject them. But as long as as long as they help us to understand the Word better, uh, they are very beneficial for us uh, in our private devotion, our family life, and even in our church life. You could also include reading a book that would be helpful for your personal or family situation. Now, I can always recommend something to you. If you want uh, to ask me what books you should be reading, please let me know, and, and I'll get that to you. You can include taking a matter in the world and discussing it from a Christian perspective. For instance, you might want to talk to your children. You might want to talk to your spouse. You might want to talk to uh, those around you or a neighbor even about covid but don't just speak about how it scares you or gives you anxiety, but instead think about it from a Christian worldview and think, you know what? COVID is a scary thing. It is a, it is a real thing, perhaps, and we're, we're worried about it or we're thinking about it. We don't know about it. Um, and I know it's very politically uh, minded at times when we regard it, but don't think about those things. Instead, think about God's providence. Think about God's sovereignty. Think about God being in control and God being a God who cares. Perhaps there are kids in schools that are not able to see their friends. And I don't know about you, but I know how I am as an adult. That 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 hurts. It causes anxiety. It causes depression. And so there are children and teenagers who need to hear from you, speaking truth to them in their lives about God's care for them. Because right now, they don't feel as if anyone cares. They're not able to spend time with their friends and their family uh, or their friends at school like they once did. And so they need encouragement from a Christian worldview. So take those things and maybe at the dinner table or in the living room or wherever you do this, think about those things with them. Now, before you think, well, we can't do this. I don't have time for that. Or you might even say, I'm not a pastor, pastor. Uh, let me encourage you. First, Keep it simple and short. This does not need to be an hour-long time. In fact, it can be less than 30 minutes a day or even broken up into morning and evening time. Maybe you do five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, uh, or 10 minutes and 10 minutes, however you would like. Uh, just keep it simple and short. Uh, don't make it overwhelming for everyone. Um, I recently saw a chart that showed you uh, that you can read the whole Bible in one month if you read just under two and a half hours a day. So you could read the whole Bible in one month at two and a half hours a day. Uh, and at 12 minutes a day, you could actually read through it in a year. Now, let's be honest. How much time do you spend on Facebook a day? How much time do you spend watching Netflix or Amazon or television a day? So time is never the issue that we will face in doing family worship or private devotion. It is commitment. So now here's another excuse that you may use. 
And I know it because it's one that I might have used from time to time as well. You fought with your spouse, or you lost your temper with your children. Or maybe if you live by yourself, you lost your temper with a friend or a family member. And so family worship or private devotion is a time not to run away from, but a time to fix it. Instead of thinking, I'd be a hypocrite in leading family worship, or I'd be a hypocrite in doing private devotion now, remember that the Bible teaches us this about God. In 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In fact, parents and grandparents, your children and grandchildren need to hear you. When you've lost your temper and you have uh, done parenting in a sinful way, they need to hear you go to the Lord and seek forgiveness and seek to be instructed and changed. They need to see that. And so instead of running from the Lord, run to him, failures and warts and all. And if you are the head of the household, what an example, just as I was saying, you will be setting for those under your care. Now there's much more we could say about family worship, and we will from time to time give you more. If you need any help with this, please let me know, and I can help or direct you to good resources that will help you. But I want you to commit with Jody and I to practicing family worship or private devotion in your home. Um, again, we've mentioned before, this is not a substitute for Sunday worship, but especially right now, this is a great opportunity for you to begin something new. It takes 21 days, I believe, to build a habit. So do this for 21 days and see how the Lord uh, changes your family and changes you. Uh, and also, stay tuned. On Thanksgiving Day, Jody and I hope to model this for you. We are inviting you into our home, to our dining room table, virtually and social distance, to join us for a time of family worship. We hope to be vulnerable and hope to model for you what it can be in a way that you can do it as well. Now, if you're not able to watch live, perhaps you can watch later. And one more thing, I hope to complete a guide for you to use at home in 2021. If you're a member or a tender of our church, uh, you'll get one. We'll have those at the church, and if we need to, to mail them to you, we'll do that. But if you are not a member and you would like one, we will make those available to you as well, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. I know that we have some who listen from other states, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, and just to mention this as well, we have a podcast now that you can find on Apple, on Stitcher, on any podcast platform, basically. And we have listeners on uh, like four or five different continents. We have seven, I think about seven or eight different countries of people listening to our sermons. It's kind of unreal how the Lord is working. And so we're thankful for that and be in prayer for that. But look forward to a guide that you can use because at our church, we often uh, provide you with uh, daily reading plans. We want you to read your Bible daily. So we've always tried to encourage that. But this year, I want to also provide you with a guide that will help you uh, or this next year, I want to provide you with a guide that will help you in your family worship uh, with your 
uh, spouse, with your children. And if again, if you live by yourself, uh, join with us, join with someone else, uh, or uh, use this for your own private devotion. And so today I want to end with a prayer uh, from the Valley of Vision. It's a prayer guide. Actually, it's a good prayer guide to use, uh, perhaps even for your prayers uh, with your family worship. Uh, but I want to pray this prayer because in it, uh, we hear from our God and think of our God who cares for us, especially in the season of sickness and unrest. And so um, let's pray together and then we will say goodbye. For now. All sufficient King, when I come into thy presence, I see the glory of thy perfections, the throne of eternal and universal empire, the ten thousand times ten thousand who minister to thee. Impress my mind with the consciousness of thy greatness, not to drive me from thee, but to inspire me to approach thee, not to diminish my confidence in thee, but to lead me to admire thy great condescension. Thou hast been mindful of me and visited me, taken charge of me from birth, cared in all conditions for me, fed me at thy table, drawn the curtains of love around me, given me new mercies every morning. Suffer me not to forget that I look for yet greater blessings, a hope beyond the grave, the earnest and foretaste of immortality, holiness, wisdom, strength, peace, joy. All these thou hast provided for me in Christ. I grieve to think how insensible I've been of the claims of thy authority and the endearments of thy love, how little I have credited thy truth, trusted thy promises, feared thy threats, obeyed thy commands, improved my advantages, welcomed thy warnings, responded to thy grace, but notwithstanding my desert I yet live. May the goodness always lead me to repentance and thy long-suffering prove my salvation. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If God has used this message to influence you or you would like more information about our church, connect with us on the Peter Creek Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages from Pastor Kelly Baldridge.